right, all right. What to do, what to do. You're tuned into Class Act Radio with your boy Cheeseburger on RadioPhoenix.org. Every Saturday we do this from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, so I want to start a conversation real quick. So I want to start a conversation here about black mental health. So a lot of people actually are not aware that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And when you have certain things and you want to dedicate an entire month to it, it's because it's usually an afterthought. You know, we talk about Black History Month being in February and things like that. Um, and the reason it's really in existence is just, you know what, if there's 12 months in a year, let's at least try a month where we have a conscious effort to acknowledging black history. So with May, we're trying to put a conscious effort to mental health. But I want to specifically talk about black mental health because there's this common thing that, yo, for some reason, mental health, when black folk talk about it, is taboo. Anytime you talk about something wrong with you emotionally, mentally, for some reason, it's seen as a sign of weakness. But I want to share a couple of uh, troubling stats that I came up with uh, from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office for Minority Health. So 16 percent or 4.8 million uh, black American people have reported having a mental illness. Right. 22 percent of those people reported a serious mental illness over the past year. And the, the strange part about this statistic is because we're saying that they reported this. So if you have a certain mental situation, I like to say, and you go to seek to find help. A lot of times the things that certain health professionals look at to have an accurate diagnosis varies when it comes to black Americans. A big part of that is because less than 2% of the American Psychological Association members are black. So a lot of people worry that when it comes to mental health care practitioners, they're not culturally familiar enough to treat specific issues that affect black folk. So we have a lack of representation on a large scale for people that say these are the type of things that black folk deal with when it comes to mental health issues. We don't have that on a large scale. So then what happens is you have a large amount of people who, when looking for help, can't find it. And the scary thing about this is when in 2019, um, they said that suicide was the second leading cause of death for black, black Americans between the ages of 15 and 24. Now I share these numbers because I don't want you to think that everyone is omit from it. This is something that can affect anyone in the form of depression, schizophrenia, the list goes on. And a big thing about trying to treat mental health issues, there's two type of individuals that you can go to to help challenge these issues. The first is going to be a psychologist. Those are typically people who are trained in talk therapy, um, other type of cognitive behavior types of therapy when it comes to addressing certain mental health issues. Now, here's the thing. There's such a big umbrella about what does it look like when you're depressed? What does it look like when you're not at your best? It's, it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to have an off day. 
But if that feeling is persisting for a week or more, then it might be something you want to take a look at. Just a couple of other symptoms, and I'm just going to highlight depression in this particular, right? Something to just keep aware of, not only for yourself, but for loved ones and people that you're close to. Now, I'm not a doctor, so take this information with a grain of salt. And I want you to just have a direction to go to when it comes to recognizing certain issues. A common symptom of depression is persistent, sad, anxious, or like an empty mood. Man, look. COVID, a lot of people got laid off. A lot of us got stuck at the house and couldn't go anywhere. A lot of us have uh, lost loved ones, close people. And it's okay to hurt from that. It's okay to grieve from that. It's okay to have to work through that. But when it's an ongoing thing that lasts for maybe more than a week, maybe two weeks, and it's ongoing and you have this feeling that I'm just going to say it. Maybe you feel worthless. You're not. Right. Irritability, restlessness, decreased energy, fatigue, feeling slowed down. Here's feeling guilty. What are we feeling guilty for? You know, because I've, I've myself have had challenges with depression. Anybody that knows me, anybody who knows Cheeseburger knows that I'm one of the most outgoing, talkative, chill people you'll ever meet. But there was a time where I questioned some of the relationships that I had. And the reason why I questioned them is because I felt like people would only interact with me when it was convenient. I'm I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. It's one of those things where anytime you talk to someone and it feels like you're the one always initiating the conversation or you're the one that's putting an effort for this relationship. And I'm talking specifically just on friendship and platonic stuff or romance. That's a whole nother ballpark. And for some reason, you just get to this really dark place of where you question, do people care about you? You question, what are you doing in life? And I ask that question every day. <laughs> Yo, a lot of us go to work and we just doing it because the first thing we worried about is paying bills. All right. If you do it, if, if you go to work and you love what you do, you are blessed. It's a lot of folk right now who are not happy where they are, who are not content where they are, and they want more for themselves. But it's a crappy feeling when what you're doing right now isn't what you want to do. And now you're putting yourself down because you're like, you know what? Maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. That's a little bit of the guilt that I was talking about. Right. Helplessness, hopelessness, pessimism. These are things that you can feel in the moment. Maybe you can feel for a couple of days. But if you're waking up multiple days, weeks, even months, then it's something to look into. Here's another symptom of depression. Loss of interest or pleasure in activities. If like, what, what do you enjoy doing? What do you look forward to other than work? Look forward to hanging out with some friends, family. You have a hobby, you have a craft, something that you look forward to. But then there's some days you wake up and you're not really sure what you care about. 
Now, some people might be listening to this and say, you know, I felt that way, but I got through it. And you're right. You can get through it. But what we're talking about specifically is clinical depression, right? Ongoing issues when it comes to your mental health. Difficulty concentrating. Remembering things. Having anxiety when it comes to making decisions. You ever get so afraid of making the wrong decision that you don't make a decision at all? Like you just you, you, you put it off for as long as you can. Or you make excuses as to why you don't want to make that decision or whatever the case may be. The trippy thing is with everything that I'm talking about, right? Clinical depression is treatable. In fact, over 80% of people with depression can be treated successfully. Some of the ways that depression in particular can be treated. Uh, one of the first methods is medication. Um, antidepressants, things like that. But of course, you know, you want to consult a licensed physician or psychiatrist if it ever got to that point. Typically, psychiatrists are the ones who write prescriptions when it comes to treating mental health. Another way I talked about a little bit before is psychotherapy. So that's where you work with a psychologist and they teach you better ways of handling your problems by talking it through with a mental health professional. Scientific studies have shown that just short term 10 to 20 week courses of therapy are often helpful in treating depression. 10 to 20 weeks, about five, six months, we'll say. So if you can go to therapy for five to six months, let's just say once a week, maybe once every two weeks. And I'm not saying that you need to be completely all the way down, feeling down about yourself. Sometimes just even having a conversation with a, psycho uh, a psychologist about work stuff, stress stuff, dating, confidence in yourself. That could be the difference maker in you feeling better and managing when those feelings come about. I think also the thing is. With certain feelings that come with depression, a lot of times they're a bit foreign. You know, you have a bad day, you deal with it, you move on, right? But when you have a bad day and that bad day turns into a bad month, right? That's, we don't experience that often. And just that initial, what what is going on, ends up taking you down a path more difficult. What's even more trippy is when you're unaware of it. You could be depressed and all of a sudden you find out that you're not going out as much. You could be depressed and you find out that your work is not as complete or as thorough as it usually is. And the next thing you know, three months go by, you look back and you don't even have a memory of anything that was remotely fun, interesting, Inspiring, motivational. Uh, I'm going to share some more stats real quick. And I'm also going to have the phone lines open here. 602-354-8823. If you yourself have had challenges with mental health, you don't got to say your name. You can share your own personal testimony if you'd like. Or if you're just someone who challenges psychiatry or psychologists, 
phone lines are open as well. 602-354-8823. You know, another thing about being depressed or, or just dealing with any kind of mental health issue, a lot of times it's connected to money too. Come on now. How many, how many of y'all get anxious? I know I get anxious when I got to pay rent. I get, because I'm like, yo, if I don't get this check, I might not be able to pay rent. And you know what's crazy? You work, you get your paycheck, you know what's coming. But for some reason, you still have anxiety about something or you're still getting anxious about something that you already know is not going to go bad. But your mind is already telling you that it could. Why is that? And this is why I encourage people once again to work with a psychologist, because a lot of times they're going to have the expertise, the knowledge and the perspective to help you make sense of those feelings when they come up. And that talks about money because, you know, poverty or just money situations in general can affect your mental health status. Uh, crazy statistic, uh, African-Americans living below the poverty level as compared to those over the poverty level are twice as likely to report serious psych- psychological distress. Once again, money could be a thing, but any kind of trigger, any kind of experience can lead you to not caring about things, not caring about yourself. That's hard. That's hard to have to face every day by yourself. And the thing is, is that when you go to somebody close to you and you want to have a conversation, you talk it out, that's the right thing to do right in the moment. But a lot of times someone close to you that you go to to talk about certain problems. Yo, that's pretty heavy to deal with for some people. Not there aren't too many people I know who are not trained mental health professionals that can carry the weight of a conversation with someone who is talking about hurting themselves. Now the person that you're trying to talk to is going to feel bad because they don't feel like they're doing enough to help you. See what I'm saying? It's it's just, it's a thing that constantly persists one thing into another. So there's a lot of resources out there as well that comes to helping when it comes to finding treatment or even just paying for it. In the case, if you have insurance, you know, insurance is a good way to help get treatment as well. Talk to your insurance provider. Say you would like to uh, work with a mental health practitioner who particularly is within your network. That goes a long way because, you know, them out of network costs be outrageous. But I want to list off a couple of organizations for you to be familiar with. I will uh, post these organizations on my social media as well. If you don't follow me on Instagram already, my IG is cheeseburger live. That's cheeseburger L I V E. So there's this organization called BEAM or Black Emotional and Mental Health. Uh, It's a training and movement that's been dedicated towards the healing, wellness and liberation of black communities. Right. The Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation changes the perception of mental illness in a black community by encouraging people to get the help they need, uh, focusing on addressing the stigma and self stigma reduction and building trust between black people and the mental health field. Therapy for black girls. 
It's an online space that encourages the mental wellness of black women and girls. They even have a referral tool so you can find a therapist in your area. Next one, the Love Land Foundation. They actually provide financial assistance to black women and black girls who are seeking therapy. Therapy for black men. It's primarily a therapist directory for black men who are also seeking therapy. So I just named a few of these organizations. Um, another one as well is a safe black space. Um, so they provide services that are offered to uh, black folk who are dealing with mental health issues as well. So these are a few organizations for you to Google look up. Uh, once again, I'll post them on my uh, social media here. Uh, check me out on IG cheeseburger live. That's cheeseburger L I V E. Um, or you can find me on Facebook as well. And once again, I wanted to have this conversation because I myself have had challenges with, with depression as well. I'm not afraid to admit it. I've sought therapy, work with some awesome therapists here in the Valley. Matter of fact, um, Dr. Phyllis Crawford, um, who else have I worked with? Dr. Quebec Logan. Um, and these are black folk who I've, you know, had therapy with. Now, here's my thing, too. For people who are not a fan of mental health, stuff, therapy, prescription, hey, it's a free country. Believe whatever you want to believe. But please don't get on somebody else who is trying to take action to solve a problem that they don't have the answers to. I'll tell you a trippy story. Real quick, we go back to some music here. I remember for me, you know, I was going to talk therapy, but I had stopped, you know, in between. And, I, you know, I was in a really difficult place, I'll say. And I had talked to two friends of mine who I was close with, uh, a guy and a girl, and was telling them, hey, you know, I've, uh, I'm still in this bad spot, but I'm thinking about going to a psychiatrist and looking at prescription options when it comes to treating, you know, what I'm feeling right now. Because I went the therapy route. I was curious. So I went to go consult with a psychiatrist. My psychiatrist actually is an Asian cat. Pretty cool cat, too. Uh, shout out to Dr. Lee. <laughs> and um, I went to one of my homies. I was telling him about some of the things that I was feeling. You know, I mentioned before, like, you know, I questioned, uh, you know, was I as important or relevant in certain people's lives as I was and other things that came up. And my homie who he did, he tried, he meant well. But what he said to me was, nah, you don't need to go to therapy and get strung out on opioids. Matter of fact, all you need to do is just smoke some weed and you'll be Gucci. Just find some good weed and you'll be Gucci. Now, look. Hey, look, I'm not going to hold you. <laughs> Cannabis can definitely help when it comes to dealing with stress. But if we're talking about specific things that have been ongoing for a long time, you don't want to develop a dependency on a controlled substance. That's just my opinion. You want to develop a lifestyle in which you have the tools and resources to cope with these things on your own without the use of other substances. Once again, prescription to each their own. You're not a fan of it. The only reason why I mention that because this is me trying to address an issue that's ongoing that I've been addressing on my own and I didn't get to a solution. So I said, let me go to people who know more about this than I do. 
and because I told my friend about this, we actually ended up stopped talking for a few months. <coughs> we stopped talking for a few months because I just felt that, yo, you're going to tell me just to go smoke. And you just have like a limited amount of information on this stuff, which is normal. It's fine. Ain't nobody know this stuff off the top of their head. And we're cool now, but we hashed that out. My homegirl, same situation. I approached her telling her, hey, you know, I've been feeling this way for a while. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking at a psychiatrist. And I'm not going to say who she is because I'm not here to air people business out. But long story short, she said to me, you know what? You don't need to go to a doctor. You just need to find an accountability buddy. You just need to find someone who you can connect with, be close to and just have to talk to on a regular basis. I said that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And the reason why is because I've led with the same point I made before. I've been dealing with this issue or this challenge for months at this point. And with the things that I tried on my own, I couldn't find an answer. I'm consulting, confiding in someone just because like it's it's a scary thing to to want to go to a doctor by yourself for your mental health because there's no telling what's going to happen. And I said to her, and I mean, I might be effed up for this, but <laughs> I said to her, I said, you know what? I hope that your kid, if they, God forbid, they ever have a mental health issue, that they never approach you about it. Because if they do, you're going to give them the same advice you gave me and drive them away from you. Oh, no, I said some crazy things. I mean, I ain't cursed nobody out, but. Mind you, this is, you know, difficult me at the time. But my point is, is that it was a very awkward conversation talking to them about it and they were against it. But you know what? I'm stubborn. I said, I'm going to go and pursue this and try to have as much of an open mind as possible. Long story short, things got squared away. I've been doing better. I'm doing great. This is and this is almost like two, three years ago now. But I, I'll tell you this, I feel more like myself now than I have when I was going through that difficult period. If I had listened to, you know, what my friend said at that time and not take their advice and found the help that I found, who knows where I could be? So just take it from me. Talk to talk to a doctor, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, size something in their title. All right. You can do a Google search mental health near me and you'll find a lot of resources on a local level. Be cautious about just relying on information on the Internet. Try to get some hard information from an actual person or individual. Right. If if affording it is a challenge, once again, if you have health insurance, I mentioned to talk to your health insurance provider. See if you can find somebody who's in network to find some help and some treatment. In the event, if you don't have health insurance, right, there's a number of non-for-profits and organizations that you can result to. Uh, just to go back to them again, BEAM, Black Emotional and Mental Health Organization, uh, Therapy for Black Girls, the Loveland Foundation. They provide financial assistance to black men, uh, black women and black girls who are also seeking therapy as well. So 
Anyway, once again, lots phone lines are open 602 354 8823.